Think back to your childhood. What did you want to be? An astronaut? A cowboy? Maybe an actor. The first thing that I wanted to be was a veterinarian, because who doesn't love animals and want to help them? But after an unfortunate dissection incident, which happened to coincide with a family jaunt to France, I was a bitten and a smitten with the travel bug. Hi, I'm Kimberly Ann, and welcome to a journey 50-ish years in the making. Over the next eight months, I will be downsizing from my 750-square-foot mansion, also known as a one-bedroom, in Northern California to a 60-square-foot van and traveling around the United States. I'm excited to bring you along on my personal adventure. I have no idea what it will entail, but on each podcast, I'll cover topics related to downsizing, minimizing, personal growth, and travel. You are listening to An Unknown Adventure. All right, podcast number two. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about naysayers and encouragers and also touch on do you really need to cut people out of your life for good? So starting with the topic naysayers. So the naysayers are the people in your life that when you're telling them pretty much anything that you're excited about, (laughs) uh, moving into a van, traveling, starting a new career, changing jobs, uh, marriage, whatever, that they will or may call you crazy and have some other negative responses. These people may be your family or your friends or both. I personally have had this happen quite a bit in my life, which is why it's a near and dear topic to me and why I really want to talk about it. I've noticed that when I start to change anything in my life, any big change, that I get a slew of negativity from the people around me. And not everybody, of course, but a large percentage of people, mostly family, will freak out on me, try to give me unsolicited advice, tell me that I'm, I I mean, they literally will call me names. So they've told me that I'm crazy. They've told me that I don't think things through, which is, couldn't be farther from the truth and just shows me that they don't know me. I'm not a spontaneous person. I've talked about that on my first podcast. I'm a planner and everything. I plan everything. Even my my first tattoo, I love tattoos. So my first tattoo I planned for, I think, four years before I got it. And I had the artist draw it and redraw it and redraw it. And so, yes, that's just one example. I am a planner. I am a planner, planner, planner. Throughout my life, I have been blasted with negativity from a lot of well-meaning people. I don't want to be negative about the negativity, which is weird. I know that's weird, but it's true. Maybe a few months ago, someone said to me when I was complaining about the naysayers and the negativity, someone said to me, there are naysayers and there are encouragers. And if you can focus on the encouragers in your life, 
you will be a happier person and yeah, you'll just be better off. So my first step is stepping away from the naysayers. My first step is stepping away. That's funny. So I would ask you, is that something that you can do? Can you distance yourself from the naysayers when you are experiencing a new plan or a new idea that people are not being encouraging about. And one of the things that I realized recently is that my friends are not my audience. And what that means is most of my friends don't really do what I do. They don't Yeah, it's weird. It's really weird to even say this, but a lot of my friends are not doers, number one. They are happy in their lives. Maybe they're married. They have kids. They have a nine-to-five job, and that's what they do, and that's what they want to do. Or they're homeowners, or they want to be homeowners, and that's not me. That's just not me. And I I have a very tight-knit, small, like, three-people support group. And those three people uh, in particular are more on my wavelength. Even if they're not living the life that I'm living, they're still supportive of me and encourage me to live my to my full potential. I've been experimenting with telling people what I'm doing, uh, my plans for downsizing and moving into a van, and even starting a podcast. And the interesting thing is that 90% of the people that I've told don't seem to care. They just say, okay, and they don't say anything supportive. They don't ask any further questions. They don't want to know more about it. They're just, they're not interested. So I have made a pretty long and extensive list of comebacks for naysayers, and I don't necessarily use, use all of these, but... They're in the back of my mind. And most of them are for family. Oftentimes I'll have to say, thank you for your input, but this is my life. I'm living my life in the way that I want to live it. And you get to live your life in the way that you want to live it. And I'm not telling you what to do. So I would appreciate it if you would either support my decision or be happy for my decision or just not say anything because I don't want you to be negative and uh, crap on my parade. I don't actually say those words, but I do think them. And I the crap on my parade part. A lot of people in your life are going to think that they know what's best for you. And I've found this or this has happened a lot in my life, a lot, a lot, a lot in my life. And what usually it means is that they care about you and they're worried about you and they think that their experiences are somehow more meaningful or they know more. And I get this a lot with people that are older. I've had people that are, you know, about 20 years older than me or 10 years older than me saying, well, I know more than you. I've lived longer and I've experienced more. And the fact of the matter is it's not true. They've experienced what they've experienced. Just for an example, I don't have children. So I can't say to somebody who has children and has raised them and is feeling sad or dealing with some major issues in their child's life and say to them, well, I'm 30 years older than you, so I know more than you. You should listen to me when I tell you my opinion on how you should raise your children. No, they shouldn't. 
I've never raised a child. I like to look at it that way. And so the example that I like to use from my own life experience is that I do trapeze. And I've been doing trapeze regularly for over 10 years. I've had well-meaning people in my life, mostly my family, try to dissuade me from doing trapeze. And it's because it brings up their fears. And maybe they're afraid of heights or they're scared I'm going to fall and hurt myself. You know, regardless, they like to give me their opinion and they like to try to dissuade me. And for the first, um, I don't know, maybe six years of me doing trapeze, I just didn't say anything because why? For the first maybe like five or six years, I didn't post pictures and I didn't really talk about it. And then when I started posting pictures and talking about it, I had people in my family that were, that would say things like, oh, you know, I'm afraid for you. Be careful. Oh, that looks really dangerous. And I would come back and say, I've been doing this exact same move every single day for the last six years. And I understand that it looks scary and dangerous to you. And I know how to do it. And I understand that they worry about me and that they're concerned for my safety. But just because someone's older, it doesn't mean that they're wiser. It just doesn't. It means that they're wiser in their own life experiences. But just Just like I wouldn't take trapeze advice from someone who's never done trapeze, I wouldn't take van life advice from someone who's never gone camping before, let alone done van life. Just for example, if someone says to me, oh, you're doing the arabesque bar pass all wrong. You should lean off the front instead of the back. And it's someone that's never done a trapeze move in their life. I would ignore them because if I listened to them, I would die. And the same thing goes for van life. So I have people in my family and they're telling me not to do it. They're telling me all the ways that they're afraid for me and how dangerous it's going to be. And this is their fear. And again, I totally understand that they're coming from a good place, that they just care and they love me and they're worried about me. But it's their fears that are coming up. And these, again, are people that have never even been camping ever. They've never, not even once have they ever gone camping. Now, I started camping when I was 19 years old. That was my first time because my family did not go camping. And my first time was in college and I camped for three months. So I know more about camping than someone who's never been camping. So I'm not going to listen to that. And you probably have people in your life that are older and feel that they're wiser and feel that you should listen to them. And I disagree. I really do. I think that you need to listen to yourself, your heart, Do the research. I'm not saying go out there and don't do the research and don't figure it out and find out what's safe and do what's safe. But it doesn't mean we have to listen to people who have no idea what they're talking about. That's what I'm getting a lot in my life and you might be getting the same thing. So I keep hearing a lot about people whose parents are naysayers, but I'm also hearing about people whose children are naysayers. So there's a a van life group that I'm in and I keep hearing a lot from older women, by older I mean, you know, 40s or 50s, and their children, most of them in their 20s, are really worried about their parents or their mom and think she's crazy and telling her not to do it. And that's the reverse of what I'm experiencing, but it's the same thing. Their children are afraid. They're afraid for them. They don't understand. They haven't lived a life yet, so they don't have any regrets yet, and they don't have a bunch of missed opportunities. And again, 
and I totally understand, and it's valid that people are worried about us, but that should not keep us from doing what we want to do. And it should not keep us from trying and moving forward and achieving our dreams. I'm 54 years old now, and I get to make my own decisions, people. So, and believe me, it never ends. It never ends. 50, 60, 70, 80. They're going to still tell you what to do. There will be people in your life always that will tell you what to do because they think they know more. It's really interesting because when I look back on that, they don't know more. I've had my own experiences and my experiences, number one, are valid. And number two, they've led me to where I am today. And number three, they're not your experiences. They're just, they're not. So recently, I've been asking myself, why am I wasting my breath? Why am I telling people my business? That is, that's something that I have to ask myself. Maybe that's something that you need to ask yourself. Am I trying to get validation? Am I trying to get encouragement or support? I'm always looking for emotional support. And I'll tell you, that is really hard to find. So... I have to say to myself, well, why? Why am I? Why do I care? And recently I had, it was actually interesting. Um, I had several people texting me just kind of out of the blue, old friends. And they said, oh, what's new in your life? And I told them. I told them what I was doing and, and what had happened to me and that I was excited for a new start. And I didn't get any response. They just, and, and this happened in a week with three people in particular, and they just ghosted me. There was no encouragement. There was no, wow, that your whole life is changing. That's That must be really scary. There was no emotional support. There was no encouragement. There was nothing. There was just ghosting. That's part of the reason that I decided to make that a topic for this podcast. I won't lie. It shook me up. The uh, one of this one of the people in particular was a used to be a very, very close friend of mine. And she just yeah, she just ghosted me. No response. What I think that's happening. This is my opinion. But what I think uh, that's happening for a lot of people when I am telling them what I'm doing with my life is that it's shaking up their reality. It's shaking up their life and their comfort zone. It's kind of like shaking the lies that they crafted for themselves, whatever they've chosen to believe in, which I'm extremely guilty of and talked about a lot on my first podcast. Like, you know, I had these lies that I told myself for the past uh, 10 years, you know, I'm on this hamster wheel and I love working and I want to, you know, I'm going to make six figures and this is really great and I love it and I didn't. But I had to believe believe in the lie to keep going because the minute you stop believing and the minute you look at what you're doing and the toll that it's taking on you that's when you have to actually make a decision to change and change is really hard for a lot of people and it's really scary and so when I tell people that I'm making this huge change in my life and basically giving up everything, they have to then look at themselves and they have to look at their lives and maybe they can't give up everything. Maybe they own property and they can't leave it or they can't sell it because that's a huge hassle or the market 
value is lower now or they have to stay or they feel that they have to stay in a certain area because of family or they have to stay in a dead-end job because of the money or whatever, whatever the million reasons that we tell ourselves. So the fact is that me changing and you changing and you talking about it is bringing up a lot of other people's insecurities and fears. So they will have to look at themselves and say, why am I not trying to achieve my dreams? And that's scary. That's really, really scary. And they don't want to look at what's holding them back and they don't want to look at their own blockages. And so it's easier for them to say you're crazy. It's just easy. That's the easy way out. You're crazy and they're the smart ones. And who knows why you're doing what you're doing. It must be because you're crazy. I don't condone lying, but that's where I'm going. I'm trying to look at it more as omission. And who should I reveal my truth to? And it's more like who has earned it? Who is being supportive and kind and listening and who isn't? And the people that aren't, they don't get to know what's going on with me because they don't care. I mean, that really is the bottom line. And it's so hard to admit that and look at that and It's really painful to look around and see that 90% of the people in my life that I have called my friends don't care at all. They just don't. They care about what's going on with them and maybe, you know, their closest um, support group, maybe, you know, obviously their children and their spouse and the people that they're closest to, and maybe I'm on the fringe. I think, actually, that this is probably true, that I put more value into some of my friendships, more value than the people that I'm friends with put in their friendship with me. And that's just that's just a fact that I have to come to terms with in my own life. So the three people that ghosted me, they had started with, how are you? What's going on in your life? And I told them. And then they just ghosted me. And I even asked them, like, what's going on in your life? You know, and they told me. And then when I told them, they just, that was it. I haven't, actually, it's been two weeks and I haven't heard from any of them since. So what I'm going to be saying now is nothing. When people ask, how are you? What's changed for you during COVID? I'm going to say nothing. Everything's just the same. How are you and what's changed for you? And the reason is because they're not really asking me. They're just saying, let me tell you how I am or let me tell you how my life has changed. And I feel like part of it is me flexing my own listening muscle because there is something about if I can listen to others, maybe others can listen to me. Or if I can listen to others, maybe I can hear something interesting and helpful and just be there for them and not expect people to be there for me. And I think that there's an importance in that for me personally. I've always thought I was a good listener, but I, I don't think I am. I, I really don't. I think that there are some challenges and I think that I need to face those. And maybe if I become a better listener, maybe I will attract other people in my life that care about me and will listen to me because right now I don't have that. And so that can't be them. That's got to be me. That's got to be something I'm doing wrong. 
So when people are asking me this past week, I've been, been really practicing. I did it today. Somebody, you know, how are you? I said, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Everything's the same. How about you? And I'm just taking the attention off myself and putting it back on them because that's where most people want the attention. They want to talk about themselves. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong or ego driven or not, or it's sad or it's happy. It's just human nature and it's okay. It's got to be okay because it's the way it is. What if I reframe the naysayers into a positive light instead? What if I say they just care about me, which is true, and they just want the best for me? And what that looks like for me is that they would listen and encourage me, but we can't change other people. And so what it looks like for them is telling me what to do or giving me advice or whatever. And sure, I can test my theory. I can see who's available and who's not and then just talk to the people who are available. But I think for me, it's better if I just assume that people aren't available emotionally. And then if they are, I will find out and I will be pleasantly surprised. So I encourage you to ask these questions too. I encourage you to ask yourself who is positive and supportive and helpful to you in your life no matter what. Who do you feel safe revealing big changes to? Who will support those changes? And if you tell someone something and they're negative, you can either cut them out of your life or just not reveal things to them because they aren't safe and supportive. And that brings me to hopefully the last topic for this podcast, cutting people out of your life. This has been something that I've had to deal with a lot in the last four years. So I had to cut somebody very, very important to me out of my life four years ago. And it was not easy. It was very painful. Yeah, it was just really bad, really, really bad. Yet... Every single day of my life, I am so happy that I did it because this person was never supportive. They were never supportive of my decisions. They always told me what to do. They never saw me for who I truly am. And they didn't care to. They didn't make the effort. And they didn't do what it would have taken to get to know me as a person and not see me as whatever they saw me as, which was a little girl. They always saw me as, in, 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 even into my 50s, they saw me as a little girl. And they saw me as someone that needed their help all the time when I didn't. And I wasn't even asking for it. And it was not easy Again, I will tell you, it was really painful. It was really hard and it was really sad. And yet there is not one day that I regret cutting this person out of my life. Not one day. And they're not the only person I've had to cut out of my life. I've had to cut many people out of my life. And these are people that do not have my best interest at heart. These are people that are hurtful and mean and discouraging no matter what I say. And I've tried. I've given them every chance. And I've talked to them about how I feel. And they have chosen not to. To change. Now, I will say that most of the people are alcoholics, active alcoholics, which because I'm sober, it is, I have a different view of alcoholism and active alcoholics. And I, I don't only have friends that are sober. I have a lot of friends who are, but I have friends who aren't, but they're not mean. They're still encouraging and kind and 
maybe they're normies and they drink um, not to excess, but normally I've chosen to keep those people in my life. But the hardcore alcoholics that can't hear what I have to say, can't listen, don't want to, and don't care, I've cut out. And it doesn't matter who it is. It can be a parent. I've done that. It can be a best friend. I've had to do that. My best friend from high school. It doesn't matter. As long as they are destructive and not supporting you monetarily, you can cut them out. Now, if they are supporting you monetarily or helping you in some way, or maybe they are the, maybe they're a spouse and you have to co-raise your children with them, then you have to move to the boundary side. So I also, I, I posted not that long ago on Facebook, which I, is not my favorite place to post things, but I said something like, what do you do with toxic people in your life? And about 20% or 25% of the answers were, I cut them out. There's no one you can't cut out of your life. And I don't agree with that at all. I so number one, I don't agree with any blanket statements. Life is not black and white. And it never has been and it never will be. So I that and when I hear anything black and white, it kind of pisses me off. It, it, it gets my hackles up because when I was a using addict, that's how life was. Life was black and white. It was all or nothing. It was everything or it was, you know, the, the world is ending and it was very dramatic. And life is not like that. Life is shades of gray. And there is no right answer or wrong answer for anything except not hurting other people that don't want to be hurt. That is the, the only answer for that question. Don't hurt people who don't want to be hurt. But other than that, there are shades of gray. And so maybe you can't cut somebody out of your life. And I find it really unhelpful when somebody gives me that, somebody uses that. Somebody tells me that. Somebody says, yeah, just cut them out of you. There's nobody, you know, bull. So looking at it from the other perspective, the other way is, yes, maybe you can't cut somebody out of your life. And so what do you do then? And that's when boundaries come in. And I can't tell you exactly what to do for your own boundaries, but I will say that it is important to figure that out and to take the time to decide what what kind of boundaries you need, what kind of boundaries you have to have. And then if the, if the person that you're forming the boundaries with oversteps them, you're going to have to just keep reinstating them and keep reinstating them. And that is sadly what we have to do with people that don't respect our boundaries. And I have several people in my life like that that I cannot or choose not to cut out of my life. And so I'm constantly reinstating my boundaries and constantly setting them up. The people try to break them down. I set them up again. They break them down again. I set them up again. And and my main boundary is for, for these people is distance. So if someone in my life is not respecting my boundaries and is pushing my buttons and abusive, I I don't talk to them as often. And I don't see them as often. I hardly see them at all. And so I, I kind of give the bare minimum. 
And when I do speak to them, I listen and ask them what's what's going on with them. And I don't tell them what's going on with me because they will just use it against me. So I do have, uh, unfortunately, I have several people in my life that fit this bill. And this is how I deal with them. So maybe I see them once a year or, well, now in the time of COVID, I don't see them at all. But maybe I talk to them once a month on the phone. And during the time that we're talking, I just ask them all about themselves and listen and, you know, don't offer advice. I just listen and I provide sympathy and empathy, which is what they really want. I won't go into their specific pathologies. They they do have some pathologies. And so I've just learned how to manage them. And I do go into management mode. I am in therapy. I've been in therapy for uh, to almost 20 years. And I talk to my therapist about all of this. And I encourage everyone to do therapy and to talk to your therapist about people in your life that you can't cut out but you need to manage and there you go so that's my answer I like to end each podcast talking about what books I'm reading I'm always reading one fiction book and one nonfiction book and this week I'm reading the fiction book is Night Shift Dragons by Rachel Aaron from the DFZ series. It's the final book in her series. I waited and waited and waited for this book to come out, and I love it. I love her series, the Heart Striker series and the DFZ series, which takes place in the same universe. And then for my nonfiction book, I'm reading My Fair Junkie by Amy Dresner, and it is a memoir on recovery, and she is a comedian. It's hysterical. Hysterical. Both of these people are very good writers. And yes, I'm just, I really enjoy, uh, I'm, I'm passionate about reading. So I really am enjoying both these books. Check them out. Thanks for listening. And remember, you are never too old to follow your dreams. If you love my podcast and want to leave a review and subscribe, I would be so grateful. And thank you again. I can't wait to meet you on your road of dreams. Your adventure awaits.